Take three. Hey, big sister. What's your least favorite show? That gets my gift. Okay, so as I was saying, uh, if it's okay to just skip to the end, the movie ends and they didn't kill Winter Soldier. And oh, I just, I, I loved that. I loved that the, they didn't burn their bridges. They didn't just end with, okay, the villain is dead. And that is something that uh, for 25 years since Batman 1989, these comic book movies have not learned. They, they've always been so short-sighted. It's like, well, we'll never need the Green Goblin again. We'll never need the, to see the Joker again. It's not like we're going to be making Batman movies in the future. But the funny thing is, the future is where you and I will spend the rest of our lives. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Ed Wood. I, uh, and so I loved that the movie ended... And Winter Soldier is still alive. Uh, Crossbones is still alive. They, they showed he survived yeah. the fire or whatever. They pulled him out like, of the water or whatever, and he's all covered in blood and gore. And even if they uh, decide not to use the, the, the guy who would become Crossbones again, the fact that he is still out there and they could use him is delightful to me. You know, it's like we have those options. We have those guys that are still there. And uh, that I really like, and, and I hope that we see more of uh, Winter Soldier in this, the next one, just because I, I really enjoyed that aspect of Captain America. Just the, the you know at the end where he's just like he quotes that thing that Bucky said to him when he was skinny Steve. Mm -hmm. So that was something that I liked. And then while I was explaining this, the battery ran out, so we had to go out and get a new battery. And here's take three inside your car, but it's yeah. way warmer. Yes, it's much warmer in the car with the windows rolled up. As a matter of fact, it's starting to get steamy in here. <laughs> I still have my seatbelt on. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, but yeah, that that is cool. Um, and they, they brought in some other stuff. Like we had Agent 13... Yes. In the show, she They was... don't they don't ever say who she is. They they say her name's Sharon at the very end. But if you're a, a comic book guy, you know who that is. But if you're not, you don't know. Yeah, and they didn't expand on her very much. They she was she had a few scenes. She was in the scene when Winter Soldier shows up at Captain America's house and you find out that oh, she wasn't just a nice nurse that lived next door. She was Agent 13. And then you see her later in the, like, control room or whatever for those, uh, the, the killer helicarriers. And I guess at the very end you see that she's gone off and gone into the CIA. But she's, she's around. We know that she's around. We know who she is. If they even went so far as to cast a dis different actress in that role, however, they will have blown it. I assume that they must have signed this girl to several uh, movie deals. They probably do that with everybody now, though, right? I mean, do you they would ever be crazy sign somebody? not to? I, I can't think of anybody who has signed. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is the only one with an end in sight. You know, he's got one more movie in his contract. But yeah, I assume they must do that with everybody because, yeah, I mean, we you only know kind of vaguely who she is in the next movie. If you were just, yeah, I mean, there were people when. Uh, Winter Soldier's mask comes off, and the 
captain stands up and goes, oh. There were people in the audience saying, who is that? Even though it's the same actor. I mean, he looks different, obviously. He's got that long hair and stuff. Um, but yeah, people didn't even recognize that guy from the other movie. Imagine how much less they'll recognize Agent 13 if she's not played by the same person. She'll be nothing. Be like, oh, that was the nurse that lived next door to him? Oh, <laughs> we're bringing her back? But the cool thing is, yeah, she is this uh, a character. She's basically... It seems like that's all they did with her was show you who she is so that in down the line she'll pay off. It's like you were talking about the whole sequel thing and the payoff thing, you know. That's all I think she was in this film was down the road payoff, which is cool. I love that they do that kind of stuff and that they can pay it off down the road. I'm trying to think. There was some movie that did that really well brought up a bunch of different things and then paid some of them off in the first movie more of them off in the second and so on well it's very infrequent that that happens because movie making is a crapshoot and it's like well we might not be able to tell all these stories Uh, harry potter is just a wonderful example of it where they kept bringing the same people back over and over again and sometimes they were used well and sometimes they weren't but like dobby the house elf in the second movie and then you don't see him again until the seventh movie but he's so friggin' great in the seventh movie. I just, I, I thought that that was so well done. And, and like, one of the things that we were talking about during the years of those Harry Potter movies was when the fifth movie came out, which was The Half Blood Prince, I believe. Is it? The fifth one? No, the fifth is the one Order is of The, the Order of the Phoenix. Joe Rowling saw that the, the other house elf wasn't in the script. What was his name? Creature. Creature, the the black family house elf. And she says, you you should put him in there. You're going to need him later. And so they specifically wrote a throwaway scene with, you know, the filthy mud blood talks to creature as that, you know, kind of thing. Uh-huh. So that it would pay off two or three movies later when Creature has something significant to do. And that's probably not the example you're thinking of. But that is one of those things where they had the luxury of knowing we're going to make a bunch of these. And we're going to plant some seeds and some of them may may wither. But some of them will sprout and you'll be like, oh, this is what happened with that. Like in The Incredible Hulk, you see that goo go on to Samuel Stern's head. And something happens to Samuel Stern's head for like three frames. That's a seed that has... I think it was a has, little more than three frames. Was it? Well, I don't know. It's been five <laughs> years, six years that since that's I saw that movie. One uh, ninth of a second or so. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. but that's one of those seeds that has not paid off, but could still pay off. And I would hope that eventually he shows up, that the leader shows up and... And I, I, I love that sort of thing, especially with Marvel, Marvel Studios. Has Marvel disavowed that Incredible Hulk movie, though? In a way, they sort of have, because, you know, they recast the actor and Universal distributed that one, whereas, you know, Paramount and Disney have distributed all the others. And, uh, and yeah, Disney did not buy the rights back to Incredible Hulk like they did with Captain America or Iron Man 1 and 2, um, Thor. But uh, still... You know, it's cool to know that he could come back eventually, that that Abomination could come back. You know, that one of these guys is out there because they've got a huge palette to work on. Unlike any movie series I can ever think of, and nobody has... We talked about that when Avengers was coming out. Nobody had done that before. 
and the, the you know Guardians of the Galaxy seems so on the fringe. It seems like it has nothing to do with any of this stuff. But I wouldn't be surprised if two or three things show up where we're like, oh, hey, hey, we know that from Thor. Oh, hey, we know that from Iron Man kind of thing. I mean, just the Benicio Del Toro character, I guess we know from the coda of Thor. But just I, I hope that they do what they can to remind us of, hey, this is the same universe. And eventually, you know, Rocket Raccoon may hang out with Tony Stark or Hulk or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. You watch that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, and there's no indication that it's a Marvel movie, really. There's none of the characters you know. It seems like it's just some kind of weird Star Wars-y kind of space movie or something, like a wise-mouthed Star Wars film or so. I don't know. It's just it's funny that, because... The other ones, you already know, I guess, maybe is the real key. You know Captain America and Iron Man and all of them before they ever existed to begin with. You know that they kind of go together. And so there's no surprise when you see one and then the other and the other and that they're all part of the kind of the same thing. Well, my guess is that Guardians will have Thanos in it in some way. And that will be the connective thread with the Avengers. Is, you know, this is the bad guy that they're going to be fighting in the next Avengers. I, I'm assuming. I don't know. You mean the Avengers after the Avengers? Oh, you're right. Up? The Avengers after the Avengers because coming Ultron Because Age of Ultron comes out after Guardians. I, I for some reason I had that switched. In yeah, mind. I assume Ultron is the, actually. I mean, it could, you know, I mean they fight Winter Soldier, but Winter Soldier is it's Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs> is the title of this uh, Captain America movie. Do you not like Ultron. that? <laughs> Do you not like Captain America colon Shades of Grey for a title? <laughs> well. If there wasn't something else with that title already, then it would be great. Yeah, unfortunately, it has certain connotations now that uh, you can't avoid, <laughs> so you've got to try something else. Well, it's it's like the Black Widow colon Gone Girl movie that's coming out soon. Right. <laughs> um, okay, sorry, you were ta- we were talking about seeds that are being planted that, that have not been sown yet. I think that's the same thing. You sow a seed or you plant a seed, they're synonyms. Oh, really? Sowing is not like reaping what comes No, out. reaping is reaping. You, <laughs> reap, you reap what you sow. You've heard that before, right? I so have. you sow, that's when you put the seeds in. Then you reap, that's when you take what the seeds have generated. Sowing the seeds of love. So they sowed these seeds, but they haven't been harvested or reaped as of yet. Yeah, that's... I think there's several. I mean, they set up a good bunch of sequels, I think, out of this. And and an interesting thing, too, and we I don't think we've actually said this yet while we were recording. I think we mentioned it in the walk from being kicked out of the, the study room in the library to the picnic table outside in the park. They never brought Red Skull into this Captain America movie. Awesome. There was Hydra, but... Red School never did show up in this movie, which I was kind of surprised by. <laughs> I was too. I just, I knew, I figured, well, you know, he, they, uh, what's his name? Elrond worked for a day and nobody knows about it. And so when he shows up at the very end or whatever, maybe it's even the post credit sequence, or we'll all be super surprised. But he didn't show up. And yeah, I thought that... Uh, that Alexander Pierce, that uh, was that his name? Rob, yeah, I think so. Robert, Robert Redford's Redford. character was going to end up being 
the Red Skull. I don't know why. It just it seemed to make sense for me that a character we'd never heard of that's this significant that you've hired a really good actor to play is going to turn out to be our baddie. That it was Gary Shandling. <laughs> Sorry, I got to interrupt, man. Gary Shandling looked ghastly, man. He looked really? on the point of death. I, I, I cannot believe that that's the same guy that was in Iron Man 2 just four years ago. But he, he looks like he ate something really bad and it swelled his face. That's up. true. Yes, yeah, like it's an allergic reaction kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, his he, he like he can't even open his eyes. But to see him again was delightful. Yeah, and it's one of those little rewards if you've been watching all these movies. And when yeah, he he is um, adjusting or admiring the pin on Jasper, Jasper Sitwell's lapel, and then he goes, "Hail Hydra." Oh my gosh, I, that, that was so rad. I don't know why, but I think that was the first time we heard Hail Hydra in the movie. And uh, yeah, it didn't even occur to me that Hydra was still a thing post-World War II. You know what I mean? Because it was so Red Skull-centric. You know what I mean? In that first right, movie. right. And to find out that not only is it still a thing, but it's infiltrated like all levels of government and stuff. And that they still say Hail Hydra. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you cut off one head. Two, two more in its place. place. Yeah. That's what happened to the Red Skull. Now, here's another thing that they brought back. They brought back Arnim Zola in a new form. <laughs> he was in this basement, like, on all these old school computers. And it was basically like this giant basement that was full of, like, the old tape and stuff <laughs> that you'd had to do for computing. That's what they'd stored, like, Arnim Zola's brain or his... His consciousness. Consciousness on or whatever on. And he appears and he talks to Captain America on this little screen. And then they blow it up with a missile. And Pierce says, oh, yeah, I, I'm so mad because I had to sacrifice Zola for this. So they made it sound like, by blowing this up with the missile, Arnim Zola is gone. Now, Arnim Zola that you see in... Captain America these days is like this robot. Is it a robot? I think it's a robot body. A robot body, and it has his face in the stomach on like, like a television a, screen. Yeah, and like a, a camera or something for a head. I'm one. I'm I'm guessing. I'm betting that Arnim Zola will be back again <laughs> in that form. Oh, I hope it's exactly that form. Yep. I hope they just say, you know what? We're going whole hog. He's going to be orange and purple, just like the real Arnim Zola. <laughs> so, and, and we have seen a couple. Like Groot looks like Groot. Rocket Raccoon looks like Rocket Raccoon. You know, Captain America's shield is Captain America's shield and all that stuff. But it's rare that something that ridiculous looks <laughs> the, the way that it's supposed to. You know, Electro is a perfect example um, not that yeah. Jamie Foxx doesn't look ridiculous, but it's ridiculous in a different way. And I mean, I'm trying to think: is there anything? As, okay, I take a, Benicio del Toro at the end credit sequence of Thor two was so Freddie Mercury level garish that I was just like, okay, that is the most ridiculous thing we have seen since this this whole series began, right? I mean, is there anything that crazy where it's just like, we don't care. We're going to have a giant green dragon with purple pants on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
This is Finn playing Foom wear purple pants. He wears purple pants, yes. I didn't know that he wore pants. Every, every he just turned into a dragon. Every character from those, you know, the the, the Silver Age of Marvel had purple. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's got to do with like the few colors that you could use. Agreed, yeah. But uh, yeah, I remember way back, and this is total sidetrack, but when they made the Dick Tracy movie, they actually made sure to go through and make everybody had to be in the colors that they could use in comic books. Oh, see that? So all the characters, they, they didn't give them any normal... You know, just brown or tan or, you know, all these different shades. I do remember there being tons of, like, bright red and bright yellow and yeah. all that. But I don't think I picked up on why it looked like that. I thought it was just some, some stylistic thing, you know. Yeah, it was stylistic and it was meant to be exactly like the all the... Only, they only used the colors you could use from the old comic book, which is cool. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot cool about that Dick Tracy movie, <laughs> but uh, that is a cool thing. Well, do you think that we will see Hulk in purple pants? Because, you know, they did the, the tan pants in the Avengers. And it worked fine. It looked great. And all the toys from that era have tan pants. But they've started putting purple pants on the toys now. I, there's just something so... It's unabashedly... Silly? Silly. There you go. Great word. Wear purple pants? But... I don't know. Maybe... Yeah, well, like, where... That's the thing. Like, to tell you the truth, though, you could. I mean, people wear... I don't know if you've seen, but like the the colored pants, that's like a big thing right now. Even guys now are wearing the colored pants. It's not just the girls that wear like the red pants and the bright blue pants and stuff. But there's dudes wearing that stuff too. Although it's, you know, much more a young person's thing than, you know, seeing maybe a Mark Ruffalo wearing purple pants seems a little uh, bit of a stretch. See, I'm trying to remember in The Incredible Hulk, Bruce Banner... He goes, when he's in Brazil, he says, I need some pants and I need whatever you have that's the stretchiest material. And so what they bring him are these giant purple, like MC Hammer kind of pants. And they're like, you know, this is all we have. And in Portuguese, he says, that'll be fine. He says, quanto custa? (laughs) Yeah, I, I loved his broken Portuguese. I thought that was so neat. And so, anyhow, I don't know how we got on that. Oh, just them daring to say, you know what? These are comic book characters, and this is the way that they looked in comics, and I hope that you guys will accept it, but we're not going to make concessions. And and you know what? They have. They've made concessions up the yin-yang, but not as bad as some of these others have, where they're ashamed of their source material. Yeah, it's not like Spider-Man, where they seem to be ashamed, and, you know, they can't make the Green Goblin look like the Green Goblin stood. He has to have some weird Power Rangers mask. Or worse, this new Green Goblin in the next movie. I would never have predicted in my whole life, in three lives, in the life of Methuselah plus another one of those guys that didn't exist, that was in the Bible, <laughs> that lived to be 900 years old. A, a Methuselah plus Abraham plus Yoda. Would I ever have predicted that there would be a Green Goblin worse looking than the Willem Dafoe Power Rangers costume. But, you know, good job, guys. 2014, you're all going to see. But anyhow, it did, I, the, what, the, what I was referring to is the, like the, the Scarlet Witch is coming in Avengers 2, and they, they don't even get her hair color right. I mean, it's just like, you know, we, we, we're not going to put a tiara on her. We're not going to put a corset on her. We're not going to put a cape on her. We're not even going to give her red hair, folks. 
but we will give her the same name. Sorry, that was a tangent. Let us continue. We were talking about things that we liked. The Scarlet Witch appears in this movie. Yeah, oh, dude, that was my... The elevator scene and the coda were my two favorite scenes in the whole movie. Which elevator scene? The... Is the beat up in the elevator. If there's anybody the, who wants they to. They used to play music in these elevators, and he tells you the story about how his dad had to ah, ran right. the elevator for 40 years or whatever. Or his grandpa, not his dad, huh? Right. It would have been more long ago than that. Yeah. No, the, if anybody'd like to get out, mm-hmm. speak up now scene. I, that was just a wonderful scene. And yeah, like you said, I, I think I, we, we could have had that song there at the end. But uh, do we really want to talk about the coda now? Because that seems like we're done. No, we don't have to. I was just you talked about Scarlet Witch, so I did. I just figured it'd be a fun time to mention the Scarlet Witch. She's going to be in both X Men: Days of Future Past. No, X Men. No, she's not in X Men: Days of Future. Days of she's, Past. She's not in X Men. She's not. I thought you, they were cast in. No, no, Quicksilver is in both. Oh, it's Quicksilver, not Scarlet Witch. Right. Okay. Quicksilver is played by the good friend of Kick-Ass in Kick-Ass in Days of Future Past, and Quicksilver is played by Kick-Ass in Avengers 2. Sweet. But anyway, give me one more thing that you really liked, and then if there's any criticisms, let's talk about it. Okay. I was noticing with this particular film, it seemed like Captain America was a a bigger ass-kicker than... He was in the first movie, especially in that first scene where he goes onto the ship and he goes in there and he's really uh, taking it to those guys. And I was thinking, man, this seems tougher than anything that he did in the first movie, just like the, the, the fighting and all the stuff that he did. And he was, yeah, he would just go in there and he'd take people out. He was running through, and there'd be all these guys, and take them one at one, one at a time, boom, 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 and then he'd run on, and then there's more, boom, boom, boom. You know, it was it was pretty intense. Um, oh, here's another thing we didn't talk about: uh, Falcon. <laughs> Falcon is also in this film. Now, Falcon has always kind of been a sidekick to Captain America, right? Yes, yes. So it's not a stretch. I was just thinking about that. Uh, well, I guess with all these characters, I mean, most of them were invented. Most comic book characters, both DC and Marvel, were invented in an era when everybody was white. There mm-hmm. just wasn't black characters or Asian characters or et cetera, et cetera, down the line. To the point where they made the Super Friends and they had to, like, invent new guys because they wanted to have somebody, you know, they invented the Apache Chief to be the Indian guy, and they invented Black Vulcan to be the black character in there because they just didn't have anybody. And it's it's interesting, I think, that with these Marvel, like with two of the biggest Marvel franchises, they've got Captain America, who now has his black sidekick, Falcon, but he's somebody who's been around the whole time. It's not like they just invented him for this. Uh, or they changed the color of somebody who existed in the past, which they've done with a lot of uh, films. For example, the Spider-Man that's coming out, and they've made uh, Electro is now uh, played by Jamie Foxx. Uh, Fury is probably a really good example. Oh, there you go. Fury is one of those, yeah, where he was always a white guy up until the Ultimate Universe was invented. 
and they made him black and made him Samuel L. Jackson for that matter, which is just weird that they <laughs> patterned the comic book character after the actor and then later got the actor to play the comic book character. But they did this, you know, with Iron Man, they also have uh, oh, War, Machine. War Machine who is the black sidekick as well. But he's always been that way. It's not like they changed Rhodey into a black guy to fill out the, you know, to check the box or whatever. Which I think is awesome. I, uh, you know, it's hard to deal with because, yeah, I mean, they were all invented mostly in an era when that everybody was white on TV, on in comics, and book. I mean, just, it was all white. That was just the deal. I don't know, was it, when were most of those two, like, uh, War Machine and Falcon, seventies. I'm guessing that they were first brought to the. Yeah, I see. I I don't know on Falcon. My guess is probably like seventy one, something like that. And yeah, I have no idea on War Machine. I, my guess is probably like eighty, seventy eight, or something like that. Black Panther was the first black superhero, or at least in the Marvel universe. And uh, we haven't seen him yet, even though he's owned by Marvel Studios. Uh, you know what would be really neat is if they made a Black Panther movie and he had a white sidekick. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Um, they have Power Man. Luke in, Cage, yeah. Yes, he is used in, is it Ultimate Spider-Man, the name of the cartoon? They have the cartoon where he has kind of a team that he works with. And Luke Cage is on that team. And they're like the young... Avengers or whatever, I don't know what you want to call them, but Spider-Man is somehow the leader of this team, uh, which was never Spider-Man's thing. Mm. He would team up with people for a little bit, but he was never a team guy. But anyways, yeah, he's on there like that. And we'll see Luke Cage next year on that Netflix show, so that will be cool to see if that... Uh... How much do you think that'll... Do you think they'll introduce people in the those shows? Like you were talking about, what was this guy's name again? Jasper, Jasper Sitwell was on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Yeah, he's been on like three or four episodes. And now he's on the movie. Not, now he's dead. Yeah, now he's gone. But but see, Jasper Sitwell is, I think, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the only character Stanley created. Yeah. I mean, Nick Fury, I guess. But uh, he was only been in one episode. I wonder if that'll happen. Like, you know, we'll, we'll introduce these people in the Nick Cage show or the <laughs> the Iron Fist show or whatever. And then all of a sudden we'll now get th these characters played by the same actor now in the movies. That would be cool. Yeah. I'd like to see that. The fact that we're going to have five Marvel series on concurrently, if they didn't cross-pollinate and all that stuff, every chance they get, that's a huge waste. But I think the four Netflix shows are intentionally all set in New York at the same time so that they can team up for the miniseries after those shows are done. I mean, they're going to do a Defenders series. They've already announced it where all four of those shows cross over. Cool. I hope they cross over into the films as well is what I'd like to yeah, see. Yeah, I was sort of Not hoping just... we'd see somebody from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in this. But, you know, there was already so much going yeah. on. That, that, that was one thing, you know, this Captain America movie was really dense, I would say. It had a lot going on, but it never made it too, too dense or had too much going on. They never had too many bad guys or too many things to wrap up kind of a thing like they do in, you know, Spider-Man 3 is a great example of where they just had too much. Or X-Men 3, where they had too much to deal with in one film. They should have 
They should have dropped a subplot or... Right, know. dropped a, a bad guy or, or something like that because they're just, they just had more than they could handle. And this one, you know, it was just right. It didn't have too much. It didn't overdo it. it but it had a lot of bad guys. If we think of Batrock the Leaper <laughs> and Rumlow or whatever his name is, Brunlo, something the guy that becomes Crossbones and Robert Redford's character, you know, and... Uh, Winter Zola. Soldier and I guess Arnim Zola. Arnim Zola. And maybe I'm thinking I'm missing another one, but I mean those are a lot of bad guys. If you want to count that Jasper Sitwell. And, well and Gary Shandling too, I guess if you're counting <laughs> those guys. They uh I saw somebody had posted a thing on Facebook where it has Ernie and he's like talking to Bert, like whispering in his ear and it says Hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I want that, that to be the uh, the episode art for this. All right. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I, maybe I should publicly ask, should we split this into two episodes? Should we do this as one? It's easier for me to split it into two because, you know, it gives me another ex- a week to, to edit the rest. But That's up to you. But yeah, if we could do one where uh, it's got something Captain America related as the art and another where it is Ernie and Bert saying, <laughs> <laughs> that's Hail so Hydra. cool. Another thing that we haven't really talked much about that I dug the hell out of in this movie was Black Widow. They gave her so much to do and different levels to her character. And I don't know why I am. I'm not a huge fan of Scarlett Johansson. I'm not sure what it is about her. I've never liked her. I didn't like her at all in Iron Man 2. Um, but I liked her in Avengers and I really liked her in this. And uh, I like to see those two characters together and... They're different philosophies and, and ways of being. And the, the moment when they're on the escalator and she says, kiss me. He's like, what? And she says, you know, people are made uncomfortable by public displays, displays of affection. And he goes, yes, they are. <laughs> and then afterwards, she's like, is that your first kiss since World War II? That stuff is just neat. And the part where he hides the the data retrieving thing, whatever. I, I know there's a word for that. Thumb drive? Okay. He hides that in the vending machine. <laughs> behind the gum and then when he goes to get it it's gone and she's chewing gum just that sort of stuff is really really fun to me I I hope that we see a Black Widow movie I would never have guessed that I would want to see that but there's a lot to that character there's some interesting stuff with that character and and I don't know if they developed it enough but you know there, there was a bit about her having a past that it's best if that past stays secret. And the choices that they make in uh, uh, Captain America 2 mean that none of those secrets still exist, that everybody knows. And so at the end, you know, it's like, we should we should arrest you knowing what you have done. And she says, well, you're not going to do that because you're going to need us. You're going to need me, basically. Like, they, again, they didn't use the A word, but I think that's what she was talking about. Right. If something's going to happen, you're going to need the Avengers. And so it's best that you don't arrest me. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious about some of the stuff this woman has done. And that that I guess we could explore in a, a, a solo Black Widow movie or a Black Widow origin movie with Hawkeye in it, you know, kind of thing. Uh-huh. But the fact that, uh, that this was a Captain America movie, but it felt very much like Cap... And Black Widow. Like that, there was their t- movie together. Right. That was really, really cool. And when I talked to a Disney rep earlier, like, that, like in November or whatever, he said that Avengers 2 is so expensive. 
that they're not going to be able to afford to make any more movies like that. But what they're going to do from now on is just like pair up a couple of these heroes and have, you know, somebody with somebody in that. And then the next one will be somebody with somebody. It's going to be Marvel team-ups. And if it's like Captain America 2, I'm totally fine with that. Just the idea of seeing Bruce Banner and, I don't know, Thor have an adventure together would just be awesome. I'm sure there's maybe better pairings than those two characters. But have we ever seen Thor interact with Banner? Well, they fought... He threw his hammer at him. Oh, no, no, not Hulk. Bruce Banner, right? Oh. Just the, that. I'm not sure. They were all in the same room at the one point. And he said, you people are all so puny. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> He's like, you people are all so petty. Um, but, Puny uh, God. But, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. So that's the uh, way they'll have to go well, that's after what, Avengers 2. Huh? That's what the, the Disney guy said. And who knows, you know, he may have been t- talking out of school. I mean, he talked about the new Star Wars and said that the Arndt's script was all about the children or grandchildren, I think it was, of Han and Leia and and Luke. And the Abrams didn't want to do that. He wanted to make a movie about Han and Leia and Luke. And so that's why they fired Arndt and tossed out that script. But... I don't know that we'll ever know the truth on that. When the movie comes out and it is that, and we see the further adventures of the grandchildren of Luke, Leia, and Han in the next movie, maybe we'll be like, oh, well, that guy knew what he was talking about. Yeah, I guess we'll see. But yeah, I I, I have no idea. But there's so many Marvel characters and so many we haven't yet seen that it's, it's almost limitless. The directions that they can go. And, Pretty much, yeah. That's one of those things. I mean, they've built the universe of characters for such a long time. There's probably no, aside from maybe DC Comics, there's no properties out there that has, you know, the same kind of just endless potential. You know, there's you could just go on and on and on. And, you know, like the Marvel Avengers cartoons were... Uh, you know, they, they would do that kind of a thing where, you know, you, the episode is more centered on this character. And they do the story of Beta Ray Bill or whatever mm. via Thor and stuff. That is cool. And if that's what the Avengers is, I don't know if they would still call them Avengers films if that was the case. But uh, maybe they would start calling them Marvel or Marvel Team Up or who knows what they would call them. But it seems like they would want to call them Avengers because that's like, you you hit yourself to the star. You don't hit yourself to, you know, you shoot for the moon. Wait, you shoot for the stars because if you miss, you hit the moon, whatever the deal is. Uh, but yeah, it seems like it would be dumb to not call the movies Avengers as long as it included some of the Avengers. But yeah, I guess the, all that remains to be seen. It seems to me... Like, we'll be seeing them forever and ever, and they can go every which way. And you were telling me in between sessions here the lineup of what they've got coming next year. Well, this year we've got Guardians of the Galaxy. That's in August. And there's something in fall, right? No. No? Just Guardians of the Galaxy. No, Guardians of the Galaxy is in August. That's weird. That's really late. Do they have nothing else in the summer? 
This is the summer thing. But no, this is not summer. This is spring. <laughs> I know, sorry, but... <laughs> but you're wrong. <laughs> but this is their summer release. I I don't know if Amazing Spider-Man already had the first week of May. Okay. So and so they said, well, we'll just do April then, which will probably be smart because it'll still be playing in July. I don't know. Okay, so Spider-Man, I guess, count. I mean, it's not a Marvel Studios, but it counts as a Marvel property, I guess. So there's that. So we've got Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's it for this year? Yeah, originally there was that Disney animated flick. It's like Big Hero 13 or something like that, Big Hero 6, that was a Marvel Studios co-venture with Disney Animation. But I think that got bumped to next year. Okay. I've not heard anything about that. That's interesting. And uh, next year we've got Avengers... Two. That's the first thing that that's will be in coming May, out. right? And then Ant Man in August. Ant Man in August. And yeah, Ant Man is also one of those where I have no idea if people will go see that. I mean, Guardians is the big risk because Guardians has to cost a fortune. Ant Man you could probably make for seventy million bucks. Ant Man you could make fifty years ago with forced perspective. <laughs> yes, they did make that. Even they called it the Incredible Shrinking Man. <laughs> I don't know that there was forced perspective in that, but yes. Oh, it was all forced. Yeah, they just made like giant-sized spools of thread and stuff and then made them stand next to it. And uh, yeah. Well, then then it's not forced perspective. It's a giant-sized spool. They would put things close to the camera and, and do that. And yeah, they did tons of that with that movie. Okay, so after Ant Man, they have already announced the one after that is Captain America 3 which will be May 2016. Huh. And I, as far That's... as I know, there's no other announcements since then, but they've already got some Marvel Studios release dates. We just don't know what's coming out on that particular. So that's really all they've mentioned, huh? Um, but I they've been talking about doing a Thor 3, and they've talked about coming. doing a Black Widow flick. Oh, yeah, there's been they, talk of that? I Somewhere, somebody announced it, apparently. I missed that announcement. Usually I hear about these things because, you know... The internet. Everybody tweets, or it's on Facebook, or yeah, you, you know, troll the internet endlessly, and I don't know about things way before anybody. No, else. no, it's the opposite of that. It's, these things are so significant that you can't escape them. Like when Disney acquired Star Wars and said we're going to make a new Star Wars movie in 2015, I didn't seek that information out. People were already talking about it. It was on the news and stuff. You know, it was a big deal. And these Marvel yeah, movies but... have become big deals too. Knowing the release date of Ant-Man or who's been cast as this, you you know these things. Well, I care about I them. don't. So I'm just saying <laughs> you find these things out and generally are the one that tells me. Um, but their, their plan seems to be, and I think it's really interesting, and we could continue to talk about this if you want to, but their plan seems to be make a sequel of something that is a tried and true brand. And then do a daring B project. I made quotes in the air, but you don't see that because it's a podcast. But you know what I mean? Guardians of the Galaxy is definitely their B project this summer. And unless it fails, I think that they'll continue to do this because next year Avengers is the guaranteed hit. Ant-Man is our B. Ant-Man is our B. Wait, no. Ant-Man is an ant thing, not a B thing. I'm sorry. Right. You've got the wrong insect. And you are a C. <laughs> but if if next if the year after that they do Cap and then Black Widow, 
I guess, you know, we, maybe you get two A's, but... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't but, know Black, Black Widow counts. Black Widow is still going to be more risky than a Cap or Thor sequel. Sure, but, but she's proved, been proven enough that she doesn't quite qualify. But yeah, that is that is a right. A she cool will have been in four it. movies by then. Now, but, she, but one more thing. Okay, in the in Captain America two, they did say the name of another guy who has been announced that oh, we will right. make a movie of. He just doesn't have a release date or casting or any of that stuff. Do you remember who that was? I do. Yeah, they mentioned Stephen Strange, and yeah, Doctor Strange is a character that. Guess is obscure. I, I I don't know. I mean, he he's a big deal in the Marvel universe because he's their you know their sorcerer supreme. You know, he's the most the way that Reed Richards is the smartest man on Earth. Doctor Strange is the most powerful sorcerer on Earth, and so whenever there's a uh, you know a magical threat or whatever, often Doctor Strange would show up, even if it's in a Spider-Man book or in a you know a Hulk book or something like that. And uh, when Thor came out in 2011, at the very beginning, when they go through, like, the reliquary in Asgard, you see the Eye of Agamotto as one of the things that's, uh, that's in, you know, being held safe there. And that was, that's a Doctor Strange reference. You know, I, I don't know if that's the source of his power, but Stan Lee would always give the characters something that that character said, like... Ben Grimm would say, it's clobbering time. And, you know, the Incredible Hulk would say, Hulk smash. And that. And Doctor Strange would say, by the eye of Agamotto. I don't know why, but that, uh, so, you know, they've... Well, because the power of Grayskull was taken, I think. It, yeah, it doesn't roll <laughs> off the tongue as well as by the power of Grayskull. Yeah, but maybe. But All My Stars and Garters is, is, I think, a little lower than by the eye of Agamotto and how cool yeah. that is. Yeah. Maybe he'll be one of those uh, B projects that we're speaking of. Yeah, see, I wouldn't be surprised if 2016, the B movie, is Doctor Strange. And maybe the next summer, Thor 3 will be the, the A project. But Yeah, I hope, especially with Doctor Strange, because he is kind of, that they bring some characters from the other films into it somehow. You know, the Doctor Strange movie is including, I don't know, Captain America or somebody like that. Did you see, I wanted to ask, April Fool's Day was, what, a one week ago? Okay. On April Fool's Day, these day, with the internet, you can do all pull all sorts of crap. <laughs> and it seems like everybody's got something. Like Google, they spend all sorts of money to put together an April Fool's Day prank. To pull, to pull on people, and all these other websites do the same kind of thing, and so on and so forth. And anyways, there's one thing that I saw, and I actually didn't see it until April 2nd, but, you know, when April Fool's Day comes around, you have to... Take everything with every, a grain of salt. Yeah, every story that you read, you have to think about first. No, wait a minute. Is this real? Or is it What's Memorex? the date it was put out? You know, you have to check that stuff out, and... Somebody linked, I think, on April 2nd to a story that came out on April 1st where it said, At last, Fox finally releases the uh, their characters back to Marvel. And they had this story about how Marvel had purchased the rights back to the X-Men and to the Fantastic Four. I don't know. It surprised you and interested excited? me. And I thought, wow, that'll be really cool. And they were like, oh, now finally they'll be able to do something like the Civil War 
or uh, you know, and they had the picture, for, like a picture from the Civil War, where it was like all the X Men on one <laughs> side and all the Avengers on the other side, and they were facing off. But yeah, it was it was an interesting thing. Of course, it turned out to be just a bunch of BS. But do you ever foresee something like that happening? Marvel being able to finally buy back Spider Man, the X Men, the Fantastic Four. Who else have they sold off? Is there anybody else that's out there that they As, have to get back? I don't think anymore any of those are gone. Are, are. I would think Disney would be interested in getting them back just because Disney buys everything. They're, they're, they're steadily buying up all the properties that any of us care about. Yes, I think there is a possibility that Marvel will reacquire those products. But... What would have to happen is the whole comic book movie business would have to implode. Yeah. You know what I mean? These movies would have to start losing, not just losing money, but losing a ton of money so that they're like, well, screw it. We don't want them anymore. You know, we lost $120 million on Fantastic Four, three or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, they might do that, though. Like, some of them are doing such a poor job. I can see the X-Men seems to be the one franchise that... It's it's not going downhill necessarily of those ones. Fantastic Four never did well, and I don't see this next one, especially when I think you on the show we were talking about who was cast. Did we talk about it on the show? I thought because if did. so, I I have some heavy bleeping to do. Man, we'll be cutting it out. <laughs> Maybe that may have been where you said, "Okay, here's another outtake." And then we went off on it. <laughs> That's but, right. There was uh, like a 20-minute sequence to cut out of something. Well, see, I That think... one never did well, and I could see them relinquishing that, which would be good because the Fantastic Four is not good on its own. They would be much better if they were part of the Marvel Universe. The X-Men, well, they've got you've, enough. You've just not seen Fantastic Four done well. I, well the same way that Iron Man, who gives a crap about Iron Man 10 years ago... Somebody that cares about it and does it well, you and I love Iron Man now. Well, that's true, and but Iron Man, I think, is the same kind of a thing, though. You could get a few good movies out of him, but I think he's best when he's in the universe. And I think the Fantastic Four are the same, because they they even... they I mean, they, it's like they were always that way in the comics. You know, I mean, yes, they had their own title and they would do their own stuff, but often they would go on big missions where they'd have to combine with the Avengers to fight, I don't know, Galactus or something like that. And just having them absent seems so weird. It does, yeah. They're Marvel's first family, and it would be really neat to see, you know, Hulk and Thing fight or to see Johnny Storm and Peter Parker become, like, great friends and stuff. That stuff would be really neat. But, yeah, I just that's don't. The other I, we, you and I, would be grandparents before that could ever happen. Yeah. I could see Spider-Man going that way, too, because they're doing such a poor job with these new Spider-Man sequels to the point where they're eas- they they give up easily on things in Hollywood, it seems. Well, yeah, just let's just reboot it. It's like, oh, hey, that last Jack Ryan movie didn't do very well. Four years from now, we'll cast somebody else to be Jack Ryan, and we'll, do, we'll try it again. I yeah. hate that whole Jack thing. Ryan is yet to be considered a property, though. You know what I mean? Like I the guess, character made of Jack four Ryan. Or five movies. I- yes, they have, but they're you know, it's not like people say, "Hey, the Jack Ryan movie is coming out." You know, some people might say, "Yeah, well, it's that book by that dude." 
They're, they've yet to make him into a guy like Jason Bourne or James Bond or, you know, one of those people where you're like, I'm going to go see the new James Bond movie. You don't say I'm going to see the Jack Ryan movie. But anyways, that's aside from the point. I could still see them relinquishing that. I don't know. Maybe maybe it would have to take a long... Is the I mean, I don't know if you know this, but is the contract a never-ending thing? Is it, it like is. the Superman thing where they've bought it and they have the rights to make Spider-Man movies forever until they let it lapse for a certain amount of time? That's exactly it, yeah. And the contract isn't super long. That's the only positive. You know, things like Ghost Rider and Punisher have already reverted back to Marvel. But all Fox has to do to uh, continue to own those characters is to exploit the license, you know, to make... Another movie, even if it's a crappy movie. And both Fox and Sony seemed to understand that these are very valuable properties and that, you know, it's limitless. I mean, you really could make an X-Men related movie like every other year forever because, you know, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to focus on the new mutants for this movie or we're going to do another solo Wolverine movie next year and the year after that we're going to do more X-Men First Class and the year after that we're going to do X-Force and until these movies start to really, really fail or somebody says, you know, bullcrap, these suck. I don't want to see them anymore and I don't know, maybe all it would take is a new head of one of those studios coming in and saying, let's just call Disney and say, let's do a co-venture, and we'll have Avengers and Fantastic Four together in, your, in a movie. That Maybe that's all it would take to fix things. And Sony, you know... Or, sorry, that's Fox. That owns Fantastic Four. But Sony would be like, you know, we'll, we'll just split the check, and we'll split the proceeds, and it'll be fun. And, you know, people don't tend to do that stuff. Let's take a chance. I'd love to see X-Men versus the Avengers, or... Hulk and Wolverine in a movie together or something like that. Just because I've seen it in the comics and it works so well in the comics, you know, Spider-Man and anybody works. <laughs> you know what I mean? Spider-Man and Moon Knight. It does. Yeah, I imagine Moon Knight is owned by Marvel Studios. <laughs> yeah, and there you go. I can't imagine we'll ever see a Moon Knight movie because it's like, hey, what do they do with Batman? <laughs> it's uh, The Moon Knight Rises. Again, though... <laughs> If somebody who's talented and really cares about Moon Knight tackles that property, you and I could see that movie and say, you know what was friggin' great? And it's like, you're going to say Moon Knight, aren't you? And we're like, jinx, jinx again. That's what I was going to say. That's right. You finish each other's sandwiches. Um, let's talk about Captain America for just a couple more minutes. Was there anything negative, anything that you didn't like, anything that you wish that they had left out or uh, maybe addressed, tackled? The good thing about it is... There's more movies to come. So, if they left something out, I don't feel cheated. I figure, yeah, maybe it'll come next time. Like I was saying, you know, Agent 13 is barely there, but you know that she's coming next time or the time after or whenever it's going to be, but she's coming. Would you have liked to see a little more romance in this movie? Would you? How would you have felt had Black Widow and Captain America gotten together in this flick? Well, that would be weird tell you the truth and i think you were saying the same thing because you were afraid that was what they were trying to pull at one point and yeah black widow and, and captain america i don't think they could do that they, it just wouldn't work it's not right 
a dog getting together with a cat. It's it's just not going to work out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that there was any... I didn't feel like there were things that were missing or things that I, I wished they had done that they didn't do that I can think of. I was satisfied with the film as a whole. I, I don't have much to say against it. Anything to say that... Other than, you know, I wish they'd used the dang score better. Okay. But uh, that's a problem with all the movies these days for some reason. So maybe Star Wars, when it comes out, can teach them, learn them a little something. Yeah, that's a good point. When I heard the guy that they hired to score Star Wars 7, I was just like, wow, this might not be a bad movie. (laughs) How about you? Was there things that you felt was missing or problems with the film something you didn't like I, not really no and i didn't even really notice the score problem until you brought it up and i and they showed the credits and it wasn't alan silvestri again um and i think i would have noticed had it been alan silvestri because he does have kind of a feel for uh-huh. his music or whatever I, I think he's a really good underrated composer but we kind of got the same problem that i felt during iron man 3 when the president was in danger and I was just like, shut, just call Thor. <laughs> when all of these people were going to die and the time was running out, I was like, Natasha, call Iron Man. Call Thor. Call one of those guys. You have their number. I know you do. And if one of the, if Iron Man had shown up, I don't know if people would have been like, oh, that's just such a, a cop out. You know what I mean? Or if people had been like, well, Iron Man showed up. I don't, I have no idea. It could have gone either way. But I, when a couple of people's lives are in danger, that's something that Captain America can, can handle. But when millions of lives are in danger, you know what I mean? Or the, you know, the, a huge city or something that's bound to be on the news or in the eyes of millions are watching, then I think, okay, well, where are these other heroes? That, that's just, I mean, it's not really even a criticism. Although in Iron Man 3, it was because it was the president of the United States had been kidnapped and all that stuff. And it's like, well, that's obviously something that where would Captain America be? He would be right there in front of, of Iron Man to save the president of the United States. But there States. was Iron Patriot. Oh. He was like Captain America painted suit. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's definitely that. I didn't. I didn't consider that for some reason. It didn't bother me, or I never thought of it. But yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that Captain America was being hunted at this point, and he couldn't just come out and call these people because he didn't have a means to do so. Maybe they need to get those the, the little Avengers things that they can just call each other with and communicate. They haven't got those uh, introduced in any of the films yet, at least. But uh, it's funny because I remember early on in the movie, is it Alexander Pierce? Is that what his name is? Something Pierce. Robert Redford is talking to uh, Nick Fury. He wants him to apologize for something or something like that. They wanted to delay the... the, the project. Right, yeah. He wanted to delay... And he says, okay, but... Here's what you got to do. I want Iron Man to show up at my kid's birthday party. <laughs> and I remember leaning his over. Niece's birthday party. Yeah, I remember leaning over to you and saying, oh, I call it. That's going to be the post credit sequence. It's going to be the callback to that. And you'll have Iron Man at some little kid's birthday party, like shaking everybody's hands and like 
making balloons, you know, animal <laughs> balloon, balloon animals or something. You want to see how I, I go to the bathroom in the suit? <laughs> I just thought that would be really funny. Unfortunately, yeah. It turned out that guy was the big bad guy, and Nick Fury was assassinated shortly thereafter as well. So after that all happened, I, I figured I'm, I, I would probably be wrong about the uh, end. What was the ending thing now? The very, very last thing after the oh, credits? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, let's let's talk about that. They had the co- They had two codas, the same as Avengers and the same as Thor 2. The, the mid-credits the and mid the credits post-credits. The mid-credits and the post-credits thing. And the post-credits thing... Was just we went back to the Smithsonian, and oh, okay. there was a little dedication to Bucky, the who had been the only one of the Howling Commandos that lost his life during the war, and Winter Soldier is looking at that, is watching that, which I, I think is great. It's just, it, that is a setup for Captain America three, right? But the mid credits sequence, Captain was America three colon Bucky colon Powell. But the mid credit sequence was not a setup for Captain America 3. It was a setup for Avengers Age of Ultron. We see Baron Von Strucker, played by Thomas Kretschmann. And uh, he he has somehow gotten the spear from Loki from the first Avengers. He's talking to some scientist about, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter if S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA f- fail... Have, if they fall, you know, because we're we're the next power that's going to rise, whoever they are. Aim. Kinda. Well, Aim was in Iron Man three, and uh, they claimed that it was all uh, Killian that was Aim. Anyhow, the the doctor says something, and Von, Stru- Von Strucker refers to the twins. And what's weird is I didn't know what they were talking about. I didn't know who the twins were. And then they show two glass prison cells. With two prisoners in them. And one of them... I, I couldn't even tell what was going on. It looked like some guy that was like getting huge and then getting small. Is what I thought was happening in that. Yeah, it looked like he was teleporting, perhaps, from one place to the other. But apparently he was running real fast. But then when I saw who was in the second one, th- there was a girl. And she had these blocks that she was making float in front of her face. And then instantly I knew who these two twins were and I got super, super excited because it's Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. And then there's this line, which I think is one of the coolest lines ever. He says, we are in the age of miracles, Doctor, and there's nothing more terrifying than a miracle. (laughs) And fade to black. I, I don't know why I loved that line. It was so ominous. And, you know, that scene was directed by, written and directed by Joss Whedon. So I guess you can tell why I liked it so much but it's just like oh my gosh I, uh, oh and uh, it ends with Scarlet Witch is making these like blocks float and then she makes one explode yeah, with her like, mind I think she crashes them together and they like just crash. oh is that what it was yeah I. but th- just the potential again for new characters and new plots and d- just knowing that there is more to come is so exciting it, it, it gets us looking forward it's it's during the periods of my life when I've been most unhappiest, when I, I was like, there's nothing to look forward to. There's nothing coming. Life is just going to continue to suck the way it is right now. <laughs> and I, every little thing that I can grasp onto and say, oh, wait, wait, that's going to be cool. And, oh, hopefully this will happen. That will be really neat. Kind this of is coming. R- right. Coming. Again. <laughs> 
I don't know. Did you get any reaction to that, Coda? I did. I was I was excited to. I I was kind of sad that there wasn't like in Avengers where you had the, the again your mid credits and your post credits. Your mid credits was like your your look ahead, your your teaser, and then your post credits was your little joke. And I was expecting the post credits to be a little joke again, but instead it was another teaser. It was teasing the other, you know, this is the teaser for Captain America, that's the teaser for Avengers, which, yeah, I guess. I, I think there was somebody, who was it? Somebody, one of your friends or somebody complained mightily about, was it Iron Man? Which one was it that had the Thor hammer as its... Yeah, that was Iron Man 2. It was Iron Man 2? Where yep. they went out and they found the hammer and Coulson goes and he sees the hammer and says, I found it. Uh-huh. And your friend's just like, that was just a damn commercial for Thor! F him! Yeah, see, I had the complete opposite reaction. I was like, oh my gosh, the fact that they would do that and just reward us for having sat through the the credits and said, you know, this is what's coming next. And, and if you don't know what that is, ask somebody so you can see why people are excited about that. That was my favorite part of Iron Man 2 was the coda <laughs> with the hammer. But, but you know, not everybody has to feel that way. And they haven't all worked. I, I hated the one in Thor 2 with the collector. <laughs> um, but then we got a truly great coda where Thor and Natalie Portman get back together. I, and, and you see the little creature going after the birds, which is the punchline Coda. I mean, I, I think we had our cake and ate it too and got an order of fries and a, a beer with our movie on that one. You got wow. like three different things. I was, I, I guess there's my complaint. There was no funny one <laughs> for the end of, <laughs> there's my one complaint of the Captain America movie. It was missing a funny Coda. They needed a third one after like all the Disney logos and all those things came on the very, very, very end. Then they have another one. But I don't know what would be the funny thing that they could put. Maybe the Arnim Zola in his outfit with his <laughs> no, robot head, his the, camera head. The funny thing is, uh, okay, so Winter Soldier is looking at the Bucky dis- tribute at the Smithsonian. And he looks over and there's like the world's crappiest little kid Captain America costume on the mannequin. I mean, like with like the... Uh, a plastic oh, Captain okay. America thing with a rubber band around it or whatever that Stanley Stan has replaced there so that he wouldn't get fired and nobody has noticed it except us. That would be funny. It's just some crappy it's costume a, bought at Walmart. Yes, exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> and so far it's worked. <laughs> Actually, that's a pretty good code. Yeah, I, that I, would be really funny. They should have done that. <laughs> I, I, I think we could continue to talk, but maybe we shouldn't. I, I liked Captain America 2, and I'd like to see it again. And I just You never will. And I never will, yeah, because... Why, why will I never see it again? Skull, 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 you, you will, will die. die. <laughs> <laughs> because uh. we've fogged up the windows so bad that when I start driving, I will crash immediately, and we will both die. Oh, and that was, that's sad, because I, I still don't know how to upload episodes. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't expect to see some of these movies again, but they're on Netflix. My kids have watched Captain America. I don't own Captain America, but we've seen it a couple of times recently. Um, 
gosh, it was just the other day that I was watching, and I remember watching it and thinking, dang, it's amazing how real skinny Steve looks. Hmm. He does not look weird, does not look unreal. Wasn't it neat that moment when he goes to Camp Lehigh or whatever it is? Oh, right. And you see skinny Steve run by in the jog, or right? Wasn't he yeah. jogging? And he stops and he looks over at future Steve. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. And the drill sergeant keeps yelling him, come on, riders, keep running. But yeah, you, you never know. I mean, you can see any of those. They, they show up on Netflix and are available to watch. That's how I saw Thor again as well. I suspect that Thor 2 and, I mean, Avengers is available on Netflix presently, I believe. Or at least it was available recently. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll just show up in a way that you can watch them again and you may find yourself watching them. And I would suggest or recommend maybe just sometime when you're boxing up stuff, just throw that on your TV while you're doing it. So you don't have to pay as much attention to it. It's to be kind of the background noise. And you can re-experience that first Captain America movie. Oh, I, I really want to, yeah. Because it's available now. I would suggest you do that and, and, and check it out. Okay, I, f- I found one more complaint. Okay. They go into the this super secret shield headquarters underneath Camp Lehigh. Lehigh. And... Uh, and Black Widow says, shall we play a game? And Cap gets that reference. That was a major mistake. That ruined the whole movie. That <laughs> Captain America would have seen more games. Come on, man. You guys. He's a man out of time. Well, he had a list of things he was seeing. I know, but why would that be on his list? Why would that be on anybody's list? <laughs> Even a list of movies from 1982. War yeah. Games is not going to top that list. Not going to top it, but it was a good movie. No, 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 no. Ruin! It ruined the movie. I don't I want like... to see the movie again because it part with the War Games. I never want to see it again. Do you remember what uh, what he had on his list? All I can remember was that Star, Star Wars, Wars slash Trek. Trek was on there. Disco, I think, was on there. Uh, I'm trying to think. Moon Landing, I think, was on there. I thought that was pretty funny that he had a list of things that he had to... God, can you imagine how hard that would be? I was in South America for a while, and the, it's weird because the the time that I missed in America... With federal Witness Protection Program. Right. That's just, it, it, it was... It, it's basically like the, that time... Didn't, it was like I was frozen in ice, <laughs> and then I came back, and I missed everything. And there's still things... That I don't know about that come up that I did. You missed that window. I did. Yeah, it's it's weird to be away from things. Kind of like I mean, this is obviously a minuscule example of Captain America and what he went through. I was gone for a short time. He was gone for years and years and years. And dude, how much of your life would you have to spend just to try and catch up? To understand how much reading, you just have to sit at home every night and just read the friggin' encyclopedia or the Wikipedia. Well, the History Channel or something History like that. Channel is... Dis- History and Discovery Channel and all that stuff, you, you'd, you'd eat that stuff up. And, and I don't know if anybody else is interested in that. But that moment in Avengers when Nick Fury says, somebody turned two of my best agents into a pair of flying monkeys or whatever. And Cap goes, I get that reference. And he says so so much joy that he knows 
for finally a pop culture reference that someone has made because Thor didn't get it. I love that moment because, and it's such a tiny little thing, but that's you know why Joss, Joss Whedon is paid finally what he deserves. It speaks volumes, and it's precisely why I didn't like that he got the War Games reference. If if you missed ten years, if you were in prison for ten years, the world would be different. But to be frozen for you know three quarters of a century or something like that, holy cow! Every single hour of every single day, something would hit you in the face of, you know, I mean, it's just like the idea of email or the idea of, I mean, there were, there were, there are countries on the earth that did, weren't there, you know, Hong Kong and all these other places have changed hands since uh, cap was on the earth. There are two more States in the union now than he had when, before he was frozen and all that stuff. Just every little thing. He does his magic. No, I'm sorry. That's not what I'm saying. Every little thing that we take for granted because we've been baby-stepped into it of just how this world is, the phone thing, and how phones don't just phone. Phones text and go online and take pictures, and then they take pictures of your junk, and then they disappear 30 seconds later or three seconds later. I mean, I don't know how it is, but if you're underage and you take a picture of your junk, it's supposed to disappear. At least that's what the chat room people tell me. And uh, yeah, all that stuff, we had baby steps into it. You know, there's just the idea of email and, and Wi-Fi and hotspots and, you know, laptops and all that stuff. But even the word computer would be alien to Steve Rogers. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I, yeah, I hope that they don't forget that. The fun of, of that there's always something he's not going to know or he's not going to understand. Or Is it not interesting the weird things that he does know, like the fact that he knows war games. Maybe he went to somebody's house and they were watching it and he's just like, what is this? Oh, that's No, weird. it ruins the movie. <laughs> I drop a whole star from Captain America 2 because of the war games thing. Oh, uh, Joss must not have read that script over. No, no, no. He doesn't know war games. Joss with a, a, a black marker and he crosses out the line and he writes a friggin' hilarious line in the, its place. In the yeah, I saw the movie's place. All right, <laughs> am well, I giving just too much credit? I think we uh, definitely gone to the end. If this is what we're speaking about, <laughs> um, this has probably been pretty long. Right, but I was going to split it into two. Hopefully, people enjoy our our ramblings. I mean, we we've talked about the movie. We've gone here and there and everywhere with everything else too. Three people have enjoyed. Our good, the movie. good. That's two more than last time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm Big Anklevich, and I guess we'll see you uh, next time. That's right, because there's nothing more terrifying than the prospect of another that gets my goat. That's right. In the age of that gets my goat. That gets my goat is produced under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. That'll teach you.